Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a really exciting pair of guests for you today. These two fine, fine gentlemen are not only cooks at the Boiler Room, but they're also trying out their own new venture all in time at different pop-ups around Omaha. Uh, Colin Kentop and Andrew Novak, welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Thank Omaha. You. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got I've got a, a good a good omen for you guys, and that's in November. I had a couple of cooks at Kitchen Table come on this show, and they'd done a couple pop-ups at Dandelion, things like that. Two less than two months later, they had their own restaurant. It's Dirty Birds, which is oh. at the Switch in Blackstone. Yeah. They yeah, blew yeah. up. I like to think that they were spurred on by this podcast. That was somehow a good luck charm, and maybe the same thing will happen with you guys. Yeah, no, I think we'll definitely take whatever we can get. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, So I want to take a second here to kind of allow you guys to introduce yourselves, A, so we can identify voices with names, um, and B, just give me maybe 30 to 45 seconds just on kind of your background and, and how you got to – this point where you are right now individually. Colin, yeah. let's start with you. Uh, yeah, so I'm Colin, I'm 26. Uh, my background, I just started in fast food as a teenager, and going out of high school, I tried a lot of random odd jobs, and then I was looking on Craigslist one day, and there's a new restaurant, uh, Via Frina, opening up. So I sent the line, actually, to Piero, which you know very well, uh, <laughs> and he kind of hired me on there, and then... I mean, supposedly just all downhill or uphill from there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's where you caught the bug, though? Yeah, yeah, I caught the bug there. Uh, then I kind of just started working my way around town, working through all different places from hotels to uh, country clubs and whatnot. And then last year, before COVID, I just uh, got a wild bug, and I sent a bunch of emails, uh, my resume out to all these Michelin star restaurants around town or around the country, excuse me. And I just started traveling a little bit. I went to Chicago uh, with Next, the Alinea group there. Uh, somehow made it into 11 Madison in New York, which was really cool. Wow. Spent a couple of days there, yeah. And then I went to uh, uh, Single Thread in California, up in Napa Valley there, which is a really cool one, too. Yeah, and then, then, then I finally just came back to the boiler room again, which, you know, Moses uh, left for Chicago to go work at Smith, which is a great accomplishment. Yeah, I mean... Take it away, Andrew. Andrew. Well, um, I guess I kind of also started in uh, the fast food side of things. I started with, like, the Olive Garden and Cheesecake Factory. And to be perfectly honest with you, I hated it. I was just miserable working there. And I had a friend who uh, got me a job at Happy Hall Country Club. And uh, I saw a wine dinner. And that's when things, like, just totally changed for me. I saw a totally different side of food. I was just totally blown away by it, and I says like, okay, well, this might actually be something that's right for me. So I uh, I just totally turned – I was going to uh, uh, be a teacher at the time. I was actually almost really? – I almost have a, a full education degree, and I just asked myself, I was like, what am I doing with my life? Am I going to be happy doing this? And I just decided, no, I, I'm really not, and I just totally went a whole different path, and I went to culinary school, and – uh, I helped open uh, Monarch Prime and Bar up. I spent a year with them as a sous chef working with uh, Patrick Michaels, and that was a crazy experience working with a hotel. And they flew me out to, like, Covington, uh, Kentucky for a whole month before we opened. I was just working in one of their sister properties. That was pretty neat. Um, and then I flew or work, after that year, I landed at the boiler room, and 
three and a half years later, here I still am. Chef, <laughs> Chef Tim's been nothing but a but a blessing in my oh, life yeah. with my career and with, you know, like my growth as a chef. He's just been monumental is, is the word I would use. That's awesome. So, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of experience here at this table right now, um, which is really exciting. I want to get into you guys' backgrounds a little bit more and and what it's like to work at the Boiler Room, which is one of, hands down, the best restaurants in Omaha. I don't think anyone who's been there would say anything otherwise. But first, I want to dig into All in Time a little bit. And just starting with the description on the Instagram page, I absolutely love it. You guys have it as two dudes passionate about food, which is something that I can definitely <laughs> resonate with. Like, immediately, yeah. that's like, these are my type of people. So my understanding is that Ultimately, you'd like this pop-up to develop into like a butchery slash salumist sandwich shop, but I have you here, so I may as well just ask you, yeah. like, what's the concept behind All In Time? Uh, I mean... Well, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you, I got the name from an Umphreys McGee song. I was... I'm a big hippie. I, I don't know. <laughs> I love, love the band. Uh, I was sitting back one day, and I was like, All In Time. All In Time. And I just kept saying it to myself, and... It's like, all right, I can run with that, and I love that name. And so I did the little, little play with the, you know, the T H Y M E. Right. I, I love food puns. That's uh -huh. a big, big part of my my humor, and um, and it just kind of fits the theme. It it takes time to, for those cured meats to, to become great. You know, they they you salt them. It takes sometimes months, even a year to, to get like a beautiful prosciutto. It just kind of wraps that whole concept as it doesn't happen overnight. It can some some of the best things really do just take time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good concept just for general too. Like even this is going to take time. Just start small and just hope keep growing it and yeah, see keep, where see where it takes and us. Keep growing and yeah. Mm -hmm. Where did the idea first come from? Uh, last year was COVID. <laughs> We've had so much time on our hands, you know, with everything being idle, closed. Idle hands, Absolute, absolutely. <laughs> we were just sitting around all the time, just coming up with crazy ideas, going on crazy adventures. <laughs> we have we have all this talent, we have all this passion. Why yeah. not Why not try and grow our own dream? Because you know, over over the past decade or so, we've been trying to help other people grow their dreams. Working at the boiler room, you know, it's it's a collective idea with our food we all contribute but ultimately you know it's tim's you know that's tim's menu mm -hmm. it at the end of the day it'd be mm -hmm. really cool to sit back and say all right this is my food this is a, this all came from us you know that's, yeah it's a powerful thing it amazes me so much and obviously covid is absolutely horrible like so much destruction so many bad things have come out of it i haven't heard anybody say that it's <laughs> awesome. this is breaking right. news but it amazes me in that I've talked to so many cooks and chefs who have had these great ideas and maybe they've even had them that they've laid, laid dormant in their mind for years, but COVID presented this opportunity to try and explore a little bit and, and kind of stretch some muscles that hadn't previously been used. And whether that's a pop-up, whether that's a, a new restaurant, whether it's, you know, a, a line of products that a restaurant is now producing that they hadn't thought about before, like, Amidst all the bad, there are a few silver linings, and I think that that, uh, that opportunity that you guys had to kind of 
get some time away from the restaurant because it is such a crazy life and really kind of think about, okay, if we were actually going to do this, what would this look like? I think there's great value in that, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. well, I think after, I mean, pretty much last year, everything was gone and it was like, so, well, why not take that chance? You know, we, I mean, honestly, I have nothing to lose. We're just humble employees at the end of the day. So <laughs> <laughs> is, is this something you guys had talked about pre COVID? Like, it's at the been, restaurant or anything? Or? It's always been a dream. You know, yeah. For a long time now. I think it's almost any chef's ultimate goal is yeah. the idea of having their own, you know, their own concepts, their own ideas, and being able to just put it all out there, even the silly ones, but, you know. <laughs> we're, we're kind of the silly ones. Yeah. <laughs> so what makes this concept something wholly unique to Omaha, something that we haven't experienced yet? I mean, you can go to you can go to like Stoicich, you can go to Cure, and you can go and and buy their buy their products, but they don't have a place where you could sit down and enjoy a sandwich, right? I'm, I'm try- imagine you sit down and you enjoy my beautiful Italian sandwich. You said that's the best prosciutto I've ever eaten in my life. I said I'd like to sell you a pound of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially after seeing like Cat's Deli and stuff in New York, it's just like. Great place. I mean, it, that's been open for close to 200 years now, and it's like, well, this is, it just feels like a nice family, great environment where, you know, you can still get great local places and products, which we want to kind of just ultimately have it be a whole like bodega. And I mean, crazy if we get to the point of having our own farm and just be able to raise everything and produce everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is take a lot, but <laughs> you know. You got to keep pushing all, yourself. All in time. All in time. <laughs> all in time. And what Name I love, what I love about what you just said there, Andrew, about like, hey, I just tried this sandwich. You know, this prosciutto is awesome. I want to buy some of that. You could go the other direction too. Somebody could come in and you know go to the meat counter and be like, okay, that prosciutto looks really good, but I want to actually test it out before I buy a pound of it. Let's get a sandwich exactly. and I can eat it right here and I can make my decision. Mm-hmm. If that exists so far in Omaha, I haven't seen it. It very well may, but I, I think it's a great idea. Now, you've gotten the chance to kind of test the concept a couple times um, at a couple pop-ups recently. Mm-hmm. You guys did a brunch mm-hmm. at... Uh, the Flatiron. At, at, at the Flatiron, mm-hmm. yes. And then you guys did a dandelion uh, lunch where you served Cubanos. Mm-hmm. How, how did those kind of... How did those opportunities come about, and how did you decide this was the right avenue for us to test this concept? Let's say we kind of had our foot in the door with uh, with where we were working at the time with Tim. Um, Nick Bartholomew reached out to me uh, the year prior. We did uh, those smoked brisket. This would have been two ribbon. years. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, we've, two we've years. done several dandelions now. And mm-hmm. um, I guess, yeah, he, he just reached out to me and asked, like, hey, do you just want to take a shot? you want to take the stand over for a day? Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the power of yes. Why? Why say no? Mm-hmm. If you're given an opportunity, you should you should take it if it's advantageous for yourself. You know. Uh huh. Now you guys seem like two pretty confident, easygoing guys. Like you don't get too stressed out. But I want you to take me back to that to that first <laughs> pop up as you're opening up. And now you're laughing, so I'm hoping we got a good story here. But like, what what is it like for the first time when you have this idea and you like? It sounds great on paper, but now you're actually releasing it to the world, and oh, there's yeah. customers coming to the door, and it's like, are they oh, going to like it? Oh, are they going to understand it? Tell me about it. What was that first day like? I mean, going through all of the all of the steps to make that happen, one, it's an enormous amount of work. You're feeding 
120 to 150 people. That's mm -hmm. no small feat in itself. And just the prep and like the equipment, the space, where, where do you put it all? You, you look, you look <laughs> at food for 120 people and you're just like, got your hands on your head. I don't have room for this. Where does it go? Especially oh, yeah. in Dandelion, which is like the size of a little yeah. like snack right. shop. Right. No, our fridges were full. We had so, to take everything else and all of our personal <laughs> stuff out of our fridges and just put all the food in there. It's, <laughs> it's a, lot of, a lot of planning, a lot of just being open-minded and being creative. There were times where we're just like, well... <laughs> We're just going to have to figure it out, you know. That, that, there's a lot of that, I suppose, especially going into that first one, like these, fir these first pop-ups. There's so many unanswered questions, and we always put our heads together afterwards. And we're like, all right, what went well? What hurt? <laughs> how, do, how do we avoid that next time? <laughs> so what, what, what would your advice be if somebody was going to do their first pop-up versus dandelion next weekend and they they're unleashing their concept to the world for the first time what's the best piece of advice you could give to them plan 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 i'd say yeah. just be as prepared as you can yeah uh, definitely don't try to do it last minute because you're <laughs> gonna forget stuff exactly. it's, it's a lot of the small like a lot of the small stuff that you yeah. don't don't think about like finer stuff oh no i forgot towels oh no yeah. i forgot like a pair of tongs and then in the moment when you're there and you're setting up it's like oh, man, I really don't have time to go run and grab anything. It's happening mm -hmm. right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Definitely how much you need. We, <laughs> we yep. had so much left over. <laughs> it was like, oh, well, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, our, second, our second lunch dandelion, we definitely uh, over-prepped pretty aggressively. <laughs> I think we, I mean, we did close to 100, 100 people. We were ready to do two. Hundred. Oh yeah. boy. We, yeah. were, we were left over. We had like a hundred Cubanos left over collectively. <laughs> it was a little, a little painful. We yeah, just walking them down to Tim. Like, hey, we're just gonna have to put this in the walk-in for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's it's a little bit of a gamble. Also, you never know <clears throat> with like an a la carte pop up like that how many people you're going to actually do. It's you don't know what the weather's going to yeah. be like. Exactly. If it's raining, you're going to get a quarter of the people probably exactly. than if it's 75 and sunny. Oh, yeah. Like 110 and just 100% yep. humidity. People aren't going to want to stand in line. It's just, it's just the way it is. It, it is a gamble. So going forward, I think I'm, I'm a little more interested in trying to do uh, like ticket-based pop-ups. So that way I kind of have a better head count and, and stuff like that. But that's, that's all part of the growing process and, and the learning process. Oh, yeah, yeah. All in time? <laughs> we'll figure it out someday. So you guys have, like, these post-pop-up kind of jam sessions where you, you go back and forth and mm -hmm. say, what worked, what what do we need to iron out a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take me back to the very first one, after your first pop-up. Is the emotion more like, oh, man, that was awesome, I can't wait to do it again? Or first is it more one, like, we're yeah. never Whew. doing this again? No, first, first one was really good. That's what okay. lit our fire. Yeah, yeah. We I would sold say out. that was number one. That really got us going. We learned a lot on that one. We never, we didn't really test anything, so we just winged smoking <laughs> 60 pounds of brisket the night before. It's like, it's like well, <laughs> this is going to work or it's going to be great. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so how important is it as – someone like you guys who is you have a concept in mind but not quite ready to take that jump into like buying a retail space that's a huge investment that's a huge risk mm -hmm. how important is it to have pop-ups as this avenue to kind of test out the concept and and see if it works or see if the public takes to it mm -hmm. yeah definitely that and just 
also from the financial standpoint, you know, I mean, obviously restaurant industry, it's not the most lucrative at times, especially in your beginning stages and everything. So, uh, before, uh, what was in season was selling their farm uh, a couple of years ago. We went out and looked at that and we're like, well, could we really <laughs> manage to put our lives online for like 250,000? It's like, oh my goodness. It's such a like some at times overwhelming, uh, thing to think about and i think hopefully if we start small we can just keep gaining that capital eventually so we can kind of under you know don't have such a overhead at the end of the day for for so many years you know It'd really nice to not take out a million dollar loan yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might be necessary at some point you know even yeah it's even just, just to give us more freedom to you know really keep it true to what we would like for ourselves mm-hmm. how has the concept of all in time evolved over the last couple of years from that first pop-up until now? Uh, I mean, we've kind of just been, keep talking about it. I mean, we spend most of our week together, you know, obviously at the restaurant, outside the restaurant. And, you know, he had his massive garden that he grew last year. We spent a lot of time in there and just, I mean, even if it's just dreaming, you know, and like seeing how wild we can take things really. Mm-hmm. and. Uh-huh. See where to go. What is the <clears throat> balance between intimidation and excitement when it comes to potentially starting your own place? And I ask because I would imagine most people who work in a kitchen have at least some kind of dream of it would be awesome to have my own place where I cook my own menu. Like you said, you're cooking your food. This is your idea. It's your baby. It's your passion. But that also puts all the pressure on you. There's no chef above you. There's no other owner above you. Like your name is on the door, and if it fails, that's that's you own that too. So what's that balance between the intimidation and the excitement? Obviously, the scales are tipping more towards excitement because you guys are pushing forward. Right. Yeah. But, but what's that like? Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like you said. It's it it's. That taking that that leap, it's a it's an it's an enormous risk, honestly. Yeah, putting our names and putting putting our financial futures basically because mm-hmm. all on the line here. I am kind of betting the farm that this is going to work. I don't really have any other kind of financial no <laughs> like any, anything else going for myself right now. Like this this has got to work. I'm gonna make it work. Yeah, I mean it's definitely scary, but I think that's also. Makes it more rewarding at the end of the day, too. Yeah. I mean, especially after those couple weeks of just just no sleep, like, stress, and plus also working your full-time jobs. It's like, and then, like, you're finally done. You get that day of that day of napping. It's like, oh, yes, this feels so great now. We just, we just knocked it out of the park. Like, no, it's amazing. I mean, it goes all over the place, really, though. And you definitely kind of need that intimidation, I think, to... Uh, to really keep yeah. p- pushing yourself and uh, keep yourself almost interested, you know? Oh, it's for like sure. Just get over that next hurdle and, like, see opportunities continuing to unfold is really just so amazing. If you don't have a challenge, there's nothing pushing you. Exactly, You're yeah. just going to get stagnant and stay in mm-hmm. the same place. Yeah. So say that's what kept me at the boiler room this whole time. Our menu's always changing. Yeah. It's always fresh. Just always pushing, 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 pushing. Mm-hmm. What is it about the boiler room that you guys feel has prepared you to at some point break off and do all in time i'd say just the 
breadth of food that I've been introduced to and over the years here at the Boiler Room is just incredible. I, I thought I, I was a pretty decent chef walking into the Boiler Room, and I wasn't a slouch. But what I knew was kind of laughable. It just spending a year there, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, there are so many techniques and different foods and vegetables and, and different preparations that I was just unfamiliar with. And it's just adding to your bag of tricks constantly, constantly there. Oh, oh, well, we haven't done that before. Okay, well, let's make it work. How do we make it work? And, and jumping through those hurdles of, of like, oh, we've never done this before. It just pushes you to be better and better and better every day. It's It's been just, as I said earlier, oh, yeah. my monumental. It's mm-hmm. been a just blessing to work there. Yeah. Can you give me an example of that? Hmm. Uh, we started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we started, uh, Danny has done a bunch of stages up in our sous chef up in uh, Chicago, and he saw someone do whey fermented onions. He's like, well, we got a bunch in the walk-in. Why don't we just try this real quick? So it's like just trying simple things. And I mean, obviously, you guys don't see the failures much, but always work. It no, but it's but it's just the fact of keep trying, and it's like, well, okay, there's that, and take a little notes, try it again, and you know, it's really a great freedom of. Especially that Tim just lets a kind of a bunch of hooligans like us just, <laughs> <laughs> just to work with him every day. He, li- and he likes it. Yeah, he does. I want to take this opportunity to just encourage anyone listening right now. If you're on Instagram, follow All In Time. It's just exactly like it sounds. Uh, but spelled time is spelled T H Y M E. Like the herb. Like the herb, not like the clock. Uh, <laughs> So I, that, I think that's probably the best way to kind of keep up to date on what you guys are doing, yeah. where, where you might pop up next, just yeah. kind of the future of everything. Um, is there anything that we can that we can tease out? Any opportunities coming up, or or should people really just monitor the page really yes. closely? So our good friends uh, Mikey Philbin and Kirsten Ipok, they do crackling pots. Yeah, uh, he, Mikey came to us with going out to Miller Dorman and doing a little concept called uh, a kiss by fire kiss by fire so we're gonna build he ideally we want to build our own stone hearths and stuff and basically do like a family style uh like ribeye or steak dinner out there do everything that we cook from every dish would have some kind of concept of fire touched into it yeah and I think uh, Amanda Schuler is also going to be from V Mertz is going to oh be in gosh. on it too. It's, wow, it's a stacked yeah. list. Of shows. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it won't be bad. No, 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 it doesn't sound terrible at all. I'll, I'll take two reservations to that. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't care when it is. I don't care how much you're charging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I think September second was when we were shooting. For I think that. we're shooting for it. Yeah, it's obviously we have such all such conflicting schedules. We right. still have a bunch to work out, but I mean, it's definitely exciting to hopefully. Uh, Get to do this, especially with all those people. Yeah. And out on the farm and be a great place, too. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, I know you guys are still kind of, you know, feeling out what the future looks like, and I'm sure COVID has just spun, you know, plans in different directions. But as you kind of look at the future of All In Time right now, how do you see the business moving along? Are you just kind of taking it pop-up by pop-up, week by week, and see what happens? Let's say let's say three years we're in a we're in a brick and mortar. That's a good yeah. goal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that just established right here right now? 
just established that. Right? Three <laughs> years, we're going to be in a brick and mortar. Okay, well, now it's on a podcast. It's in audio form. That's, <laughs> that's like good. signing your life away in blood. That's that That's that intimidation we were talking about. That's a little we personal definitely, intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely just have our ultimate goals, of course, of what we want. But also, we just kind of have to take it day by day, too. Because, I mean, it's uncertainty right now of what anything's going to happen or, mm-hmm. you know, where, where we're going to go or... Um, but I mean, we got the ball rolling now, so we're going <laughs> to, exactly. now that it's moving, it, yeah, it, it yeah. feels easier every no, time. It gets it's a lot just, easier. Yeah. It's just moving forward now. Finally. Exactly. I'm going to make an assumption and assume that you guys met at the boiler room, but correct me if I'm wrong. How did you guys meet? Um, where did, you, where were we? I think we met at Hook and Lime. Oh, that, with, oh that's Sean. right. Yeah. That's right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Long-time industry buddies. Yeah, we, so Hook and Lime's right by the uh, College World Series Stadium down there, and it was <laughs> we were getting ready for it, <laughs> so he came on. He yeah, made, they, they needed some help cutting fish and yeah. breaking down fish for him. I said, sure, I can do that for you. He ended up making over, like, 2,000 tortillas for us. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, Robbie, if you're listen, listening, that's a that's a beast you got right next to the College World Series. Oh, oh I goodness. think that, that week basically funded the whole year for the restaurant, too. <laughs> Especially that's a newer, at that time, when it was kind of a newer area for North Downtown, not really having a lot of many restaurants or anything. So a lot of times it was really slow, but that week it was... Doors open in the morning. The whole restaurant's full until we close at night. It was insane, <laughs> insane, absolutely insane week. <laughs> I, I, I felt so proud after I made those two thousand tortillas. I was like, "Yes, I know Sean's going to get through the day. They're not going to have to make tortillas during service." And I'm, I'm working at the boiler room, and I get a text from Sean about eight o'clock. We're making tortillas. I was like, "No <laughs> way, you're making." I thought tortillas. maybe that lasts at least a couple of days, <laughs> right? Like, no <laughs> oh, way, wow. you sold two thousand tacos today. What? Oh yeah. It was off the chain week. <laughs> yeah, we prepped for weeks for that. I mean, close to two, three hundred pounds of beef, like chicken, like two of each of those. And then, like, it was just gone in like two days. And it was like, honestly heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. You've got this just cavalcade of tortillas, and you're like, okay, at least we've got tortillas for yeah. a while. And then they just like. It slowly God. disappears, slowly disappears, slowly disappears. And you're just like, like oh, oh no, I'm boy. in danger. Well, it's, it's not something that you can just like snap your fingers and just like just produce. It's, <laughs> like, it's kind of a process. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Do you guys remember meeting for the first time? Like, what was your first interaction like? I looked into this man's eyes and I just fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open a concept each other. with him <laughs> in yeah. a couple of years. I don't know. It just, I, guess I don't think we weren't. Didn't really know each other too well from then, and then I don't know. I suppose maybe it was two years ago we really started becoming good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we took a yeah. good road trip out to uh, the Utah uh, like Bonneville Salt Flats. Yeah, that's really solidified it. Good, good road trip yeah, with that was, somebody. Yeah, last year during <laughs> you get summer, to know somebody. That was a good time. It's a good 15-hour drive there. <laughs> yeah, you, you're either going to be friends or you're going to kill each other. Yeah, by yeah. Exactly. We jumped out of an airplane on our yeah, way back. We went skydiving. Cool. Really? It's yeah. a good bonding moment with somebody, you know, <laughs> just throwing yourself out of a plane. Ah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. We went on a little extra adventure, too, together. It's true, it's true. true. We accidentally uh, misjudged our, guy, our uh, map. It was, uh, it was me. So it was, I, I did it. <laughs> We're a team. 
Who, I, I missed it too. That that is a good teammate <laughs> right there. Thank you, Colin. That's why that's why we're a team. That's why we're a team. We saw a billboard for skydiving. We were like, yes, that's gonna make this trip even better. And so we like looked up directions when we were on the highway. Like, hey, it's only forty five minutes away. Perfect. And we didn't really factor in the five hours that we still had to drive to Denver, <laughs> where we were staying that night. And so we get to the hotel. It's like, oh man, this place is six hours away. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had eight o'clock reservations, and they were non-refundable. So we <laughs> got up at two o'clock in the morning, and we drove through pitch black. Windy roads through the mountains all the way back to Grand Junction, Colorado to go uh, fall out of an airplane. Yeah. That was a pretty... Uh, was an adventure. That was an adventure. Okay, it's- now I understand why you guys are such good friends. <laughs> to, to make it through that experience. Oh, that wasn't even the worst. We almost got blown off a mountain and on the salt flats. <laughs> we, found, we found this really neat, uh, what we thought was a super neat campsite that was like really perched up on this kind of... Yeah. This little tiny little mountain that overlooked the salt flats. Oh, it faces east. We're going to watch the sunrise. This is going to be beautiful. Well, that night, spirits tried to like shake us off the mountain because it, this windstorm blew in and we had a cooler full of food and beer. Oh, yeah. We in, empty. We put everything in the tent to hold it down. The tent and like. sprawled out as far as we could be just to keep the tent on the ground. It was oh, yeah. terrifying. It was terrifying. It was all night, too. It just sounded like someone was just banging, banging on the tent. That we thought yeah. we were going to camp out there a couple of days. We just looked at each other. We're like, so we're driving to Salt Lake City and we're getting a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and you survived and a great friendship was formed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's it's, a beautiful it's, thing. It's been nothing but great. Yeah. No, so no. now we're working together. That's nothing but trouble for Tim, I'm sure, oh, when we Tim, get going. Tim. So, yeah. wait, this was before you guys started working together. Yeah, yeah. How did... Like, how did you decide to go on this trip then? I assume this is like a work-related uh, trip or something. We pretty much just hung out every day. I mean, Boiler Room was closed for four months, and I was... Oh. Too much time on our hands. Yeah, I was at Ica <laughs> at that time, working with them still. Well, I guess Ica, Mas Chingon, you know, that uh-huh. whole restaurant uh, group. And, yeah, we just had so much time on our hands. I mean, obviously, no one was really going to restaurants or anything. So, I was just like, all right, we're going to leave for a week. <laughs> like, we thought about it a couple of days before. We we're just like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Nothing holding us back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just yeah. go on an adventure real quick. To do it. Exactly. <laughs> Who was the first one to bring up the concept of all-in time? I'd say that that'd be me. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And I looked at him, and I was like, you're the kind of person I wanted, I'd go into business with. You know, we're yeah. both obviously very like-minded, very passionate about food, both talented. Yeah. Don't take things too seriously either. Yeah, and, you, and you can't. You're, <laughs> it's an industry that, you know, if, if something can go wrong, it eventually will. It's, oh, you know, yeah. You're going to be faced with adversity. It's just the way it is. I'd say that's a big thing we learned from Chef Tim. He's the just most take calm, it on the chin cool, collected guy at all going. times. It is ridiculous. <laughs> is that something that you guys had naturally, just kind of that take it on the chin and keep fighting attitude, or did you have to develop that? I would say that's a development. Yeah, um, especially, especially in this industry. I mean, you you work with some people, and it's just like, oh, oh my God, am I in, like, the military right now? Like, <laughs> I'm getting pots and pans thrown at me. Like, what is going on? Like, like you definitely jump through some hoops and work with all walks of life in this industry, obviously. And uh, it's like, oh, a lot no. Of, a lot of passion walking around. A lot of, <laughs> you know, you're dealing with everybody's ego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely a band of misfits, this industry, but, you know, it just keeps 
going somehow. And that's what that's what keeps me in it, honestly. Oh yeah, I just love it. It's it's very fun, hot, sweaty industry. <laughs> yeah, no, hot, sweaty, messy. It's it's you know hard. It's work. Not for everyone, no, but it's definitely not. it's definitely rewarding at the end of the day if you can really stick it out and really see uh, well find your own passion inside the the industry for sure. Mm-hmm. It's humbling you know? for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been good for me. And if you ever have trouble recruiting people to the to the boiler room, I say just switch up the tagline to "hot sweaty industry." <laughs> hot sweaty <laughs> industry, <laughs> like you just said, Andrew. If people don't want to sign up for that, I don't know what they're gonna do. Are you ready for some hot sweaty fun? <laughs> we'll give you a free meal every day. There's gonna be a line out the door. Uh, so I was told you guys are both huge music fans. What oh, do you guys pl- What do you guys play in as you prep for service? Oh, oh, we're all over the place. Yeah, a lot of oldies, honestly. Yeah. Um, we, Colin and I, we really like the blues. We really like mm-hmm. like reggae. Me personally, I really like jam bands. I'm a big hippie. Yeah, that's not a surprising statement if you saw me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you look great. I do, I do look. He's great. wearing regular old square. <laughs> <laughs> you got a business suit on, a tie, <laughs> nice combed hair. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's our other wild ideas. Uh, he's seen, he has a lot of uh, or ideas. Uh, he had a friend talk to him about in uh, uh, concert, ven- or not concert venues, excuse me, music festivals, going and vending food there and oh. being able to make a well, yeah, ridiculous draw, killing. They would, they draw 100,000 plus people. Mm-hmm. A bunch of just hungry hippies just waiting to eat food out there. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just make it real simple and, yeah. you know. <laughs> it'd be fun. It's just, it'd, it'd be yeah. really connecting my passions. It's, oh, I'm going to shut down shop. I'm free. It's just playing. I'm sorry. I'm not selling food right now. I'm going to yeah. go watch some music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to be able to keep traveling and everything. I mean, it's, that's, that's the dream. Keep we're definitely the some rolling stones. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love earlier that you brought up food puns because I was also told that you guys are masters of food puns based on music lyrics. So I want want you to hit me with some of your best ones that you can come up up, with. Well, they mostly stem from when the depths of service and we're kind of losing our minds. (laughs) When that loopiness develops. You just like look look at each other over the past and start like sometimes we'll sell like two of the same entrees all night and Tim's just Keep calling out steak, salmon, steak, salmon, and then we'll just throw out wild, some wild song there. Whoa, black Betty, salmon, lamb. <laughs> 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 Little things like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another good one we've had recently. Oh, the Mamma Mia one? <laughs> <laughs> we were just singing Ma- Mamma Mia. All <laughs> we were all just <laughs> looking at Tim going, Mamma Mia, here oh we go, go again. again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, some days I don't know if Tim loves it or just absolutely wants to choke us at some point. He, he likes it. Oh, you see he's him got, crack a he's smile. He's got to like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, life in a kitchen, It, like you said, it's hot and it's sweaty. It's yeah. pressure-packed. It's intense. It's yeah. hot. Yeah, very high intensity. How much does just having, like, you know, maybe it's not music-related puns for everyone, mm-hmm. but just having some kind of, like, moment of levity or something to kind of – diffuse the tension a little bit how important is that oh i think it's 
wildly important. You got to break the tension sometimes. If you're getting heated, it's yeah, it, it, it all it, just goes downhill after that. It doesn't make it fun for anyone at that point. <laughs> no, I it's mean, toxic. You know, we just got to. I mean, the job's going to get done regardless, and I mean, we could be in the worst situation possible. But once that first joke gets cracked, it's just like, all right, <laughs> it's on now. We're you, just, you just like, can't take it too serious. Yeah, yeah. We all just, just bust out laughing, and like, <laughs> this, this, this might not be super fun, but it's going to stop eventually. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make it. It's we right. have a time for it. <laughs> all right, I want to make sure that we. Give some extra love to the boiler room just because it's a oh, fantastic <laughs> restaurant. It, it deserves a shout out. Mm-hmm. What makes working there different from anywhere else you guys have worked in your careers? The rotating menu is, it just keeps things so fresh and just constantly adding to our bag of tricks. And that changes basically every day, right? Or a couple times a week at least? If we sell, like on uh, just this past Saturday, we, we put uh, like a bison asabuco on the menu we had 24 to sell. We sold 22. Like, we're not selling that on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I, oh, it's time for something else. Change, 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 change. Always change. Yeah, that and the freedom just to throw ideas out there at all times. Creative and, freedom is and oh, Especially just, with the whole team we have where it's just like all these ideas come together and each one of us kind of is able to lean on the next person and be like, oh, no, we should actually throw a little bit of that, especially we have all different backgrounds with uh, – know, uh, Mikey, <laughs> Danny is mm-hmm. a Hispanic cooking background. Like that guy's got a world of knowledge that we, you know, we're, we're more on the American side, maybe German, Irish background, stuff like that, where all these different uh, ideas and cultures really kind of come together and form seems to be doing pretty well ideas, you know, <laughs> and just keep pushing along this restaurant and uh, all of ourselves. It's like. It's a wild job that I don't think, I mean, some people, you know, they definitely enjoy the comfortability of, uh, you know, staying, doing the same thing over and over again. I like country clubs and stuff, making the same lobster bisque. But once you actually, (laughs) yeah, once you actually get into a place like that and it's like, oh, it's on me now to like come up with this or like even just spitball crazy ideas and then having such a great support people behind you they're just like yeah that's amazing let's do that like Mm -hmm. let's add this a little in there it's going to be so much better and like it's great Mm -hmm. you you talk about these conversations where you kind of test out different ideas Mm -hmm. and and kind of form and um rework you know certain things bounce ideas off each other basically when are these conversations happening is this during prep is this during service is this just like late night let's we got a text chain we're all day every day if i have an idea i'll shoot it to tim if i'm if i'm not working service like hey i want to put a a ceviche on the menu or something like that can you get me some shrimp yeah okay it's usually is yeah, Almost we always the answer. It's pretty like pretty much we'll, end we'll every Saturday on. asking every, each one of us, like, hey, what do you want to get in this week? What can we find for this? Like, what do you got rolling around? And, you know, Tim. What do you and, want in the walk in? What yeah. do you want to play with? What do you yeah. like? What, what, what do you want to do? Tim and Danny are more than great about getting pretty much finding anything that they could, you know, that we could possibly want to go for it, which is absolutely amazing. How unique is that? in the restaurant industry to have that creative freedom. I've never experienced it. No, I don't have any either. Ever. It's, it's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still interested in working here and I've been here for three and a half years. Yeah. So yeah. I, mean, I mean, that speaks for itself. I'm not bored. Well, that's why the, I mean, the lineup has never, hasn't changed in three <laughs> years. Right. It's been I've the been same four guys, you know, Danny and Tim, I've only seen a couple people come and go. Yeah. Yeah. 
Was that a little jarring when you first started working at the boiler room and that you were being asked for your opinion and like people were contributing to each other's ideas instead of just being told, put your head down and do this? It's a little bit of a culture shock. You have to kind of pull your pants up and say like, hey, I, I can do this. I will yeah. do this. Okay. I, I'm chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And just the fact that they actually take your ideas and run with mm-hmm. it too, and not just like, oh, that's that was cool, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do this, <laughs> you know. It's like, just give me, just give me a <laughs> that's, that's say, a great oh, idea. Good, but good it's job. Try again. Yeah, next we're week. not gonna do that. <laughs> it's like, no, there's know, some form or another. We always get the opportunity to just to try it. I mean, if we just do a little small batch, and then we're all kind of, we always all come together and taste things, and it's like, well, that. Not good. Uh, that one was a little better. <laughs> like, and then we always come, like, how can we make this better? Or how can we make this work for this certain thing? It sounds like when the dishes come together, it's pretty collaborative and that it's not just one person saying, okay, I got this idea. You know, here are the components. Here's how we're going to cook it, all this stuff. But there, I'm assuming, you know, there's kind of a starting point. Like, you identify with certain dishes. Maybe you didn't complete the whole dish, but you say, hey, that was like my idea and it came to fruition. Do you guys remember the first dish that went on the menu that you kind of got the ball rolling on? Like it was your idea that originally inspired this thing that was eventually served to the public? I did a uh, Nashville hot chicken croquette. There was just a bunch of, <laughs> like we just had all these chicken wings and uh, little drummies that uh, we fabricated off these chickens. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to take them. I'm going to do something with them. And so I made a croquette, or a croquette out of it. We, uh, I think at the time, uh, JoJo's and Benson yep. was doing that Nashville hot yeah, chicken yeah. and waffle. I went in there, and I was like, why not? Why not do a Nashville hot chicken wing kind of thing, like in the boiler room? And, you know, just kind of spun that idea. Okay, that's great. Let's do it. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. Uh, and then I, know, I put out a couple crudo sets. There's a lot of times I work that protein station. I go into work and oh, I just got to come up with a whole, whole raw fish dish on my own. It's, that's a, always really fun. I just cook with the seasons. What sounds good to me? Mm-hmm. It's usually where I start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what? What do <laughs> what I, do I want to eat today? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's always a great place to start. Yeah. Uh, mine. I just uh, recently coming back. He did a pork. Uh, Pork dish, uh, so basically a cabbage roll. I'm obviously very Irish looking. I'm from a very Irish family. <laughs> so did a little cabbage roll. We did it was like a red wine sausage and barley filling in it, and then we did like a really awesome uh, sweet potato hash with like lardons and uh, green beans. Super delicious. Made a delicious sauce. For, we did a, it's like sauce picante, which is almost like a gumbo without all the ingredients in it. Ooh. Flavor-wise, yeah. That's like gumbo sauce. Yeah, yeah, gumbo <laughs> sauce. It's a good way to, it's a good way to uh-huh. describe it. Is. Yeah, yeah. This is super good. Just hearty southern cooking dish, you know. I just love comfort food in general, you know. I'm kind of a fatty on that aspect of, you know, biscuits and gravy and f- fried things. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Andrew, I love that you brought up that you went to another restaurant and ate something, and you were like, hey, this is good. Oh. How can we spin this into something that we can serve at the boiler room? What are some other ways that you guys get inspiration for dishes? Sometimes it just comes at 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm laying down in bed, and I'm just like, oh, 
just have a moment sometimes. It really yeah. does just come to you. I mean, um, eating eating food everywhere yeah, is yeah, you just always great, you know. Dining out. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun to take a concept that's really familiar, like, I don't know, like a Reuben or something, and I'll be like, all right, well, how can I take a Reuben and, you know, make that a fine dining dish and, like, bring that to the boiler room and just mm-hmm. kind of, like, just creative plays like that and just trying to always just just be fresh and creative. That's usually a good place to start, too. Something that's familiar to everybody, but spinning it in a way that's creative and new. So they're like, oh, okay, yeah. well, I understand these flavors of, like, a Reuben, and you just totally tore the sandwich apart and presented it like, you know. <laughs> it's deconstructed. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> just doing weird stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd say that's definitely true. Um, other inspirations, I mean, obviously, I, I do quite a bit of reading. I mean, reading cookbooks. Obviously, obviously, the internet nowadays, like Instagram, true. you could just find just anything, a fountain. see anything, <laughs> see all these chefs that almost seemed unreachable at times. Like, if you ever get a chance, you should look at Marco Pierre White's Instagram. He has almost lost his mind. He makes all these crazy videos with like him eating cheeseburgers and stuff, <laughs> like just in dead silence. <laughs> like it's like, oh, so this is what this guy's really like. <laughs> it's like I guess I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't reached that level yet. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys have mentioned uh Chef Tim Nicholson a couple times and he's one of the most decorated chefs in Omaha, I think pretty widely recognized mm-hmm. as one of the standard bearers. And you guys have kind of talked about how he keeps his cool, how he gives you such creative freedom outside of those elements. And obviously those are two very important things, but like, what is it like to work for that guy? I mean, he supported me, you know, and on a personal level, he's, it's not, he's not just a, he's not a boss. He's a leader. He's somebody that you can lean to and you can, Oh, I'm going to talk about my problems today. And he has a lot of very insightful things to say. He's, yeah. he's like a second dad. Oh he's, yeah. He's an incredible human being. They actually got him a dad mug for his, for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little like, coffee mug. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, been very, uh, as I, as I said, you know, he's, a, it's a blessing to have him in my life. He really has kind of taken oh, yeah. me under my, under his wing and not only, shown me all of these cooking techniques but just how to live my life better and just be a better person that's that's enormous mm-hmm. yeah he's a very rare item in this industry he is, i mean he this is. he'll even take time on his days off to help us move into new houses and stuff <laughs> he's helped he's me move <laughs> twice <laughs> yeah, kind of, like who does that? What He's kind like, of boss is like, yeah, I'll help you. Yeah, all right, we'll move your house. <laughs> I'll help you walk this sofa around your house. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> no, it's 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 wild, like how much he actually goes out of the way day in day out to do stuff that really he doesn't actually have to do for any of us, but I think he does. Just, I mean, because he's amazing and <laughs> obviously and like. <laughs> I mean, I guess truly cares about us too, which is awesome. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's kind of a hard thing to find sometimes in this industry. You know, there's a lot of people out there who uh, aren't necessarily uh, trying to, you know, give to give back what they also put into it. True. In like, I mean, there's days where Tim is just is like in the dish pit for 30 minutes washing dishes. Like, do you, you don't see that anywhere out of like an executive chef? You know. Hard like, find. I've, I've only like, seen it one other time. He's like doing plumbing work and on a random Saturday night, like it's like, oh, Tim, like, can I help you anyway? He's like, no, no, it's fine. I, I'll just do it. 
which is it's crazy. I think probably the best chef I've ever worked for, for sure. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, clearly, you guys have a lot of affection for both Tim as a chef and the boiler room as a restaurant. You seem extremely happy there. I know that, like, the idea of starting all in time and, and having your own concept and, like, really embracing that, that's really exciting. But is there also a part of you that's just like, man, we've got this awesome thing right now like how do you how do you kind of balance those emotions because i'm sure they fight with each other sometimes right oh most definitely it's <laughs> i mean it's hard to give up good things that you love it's a little little family you know it, it really, really is a family i mean but you know they're always going to be there and we're always going to well hopefully you know <laughs> from tim's perspective yeah once once this does come to fruition for us i'll speak with Affirmity. It's going to happen. Yeah. Three yeah. years. Exactly. Three years. Three years. <laughs> Brick and mortar all in time. That's right. You heard it here. Um, but, you know, from Tim's perspective, seeing us grow and, and going on and being successful and knowing that he's a part of that, I know he ha- you know, has an amor- enormous amount of pride that would yeah. come from that. It's like taking your kids to college, you know. Yeah. You're, <laughs> sa- you're like, sad to see him go. They yeah. grow up so fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was like just when Moses left. It was like yeah, it was emotional. Uh, it was, yeah, sad to see him go, but just to go to see off such better things. Like yeah, working in a to have that star pride that in Chicago now. That's awesome. Yeah, you helped grow a young chef like that to get to that next level. I think uh, what's more rewarding than that, you know? And we hope to definitely just continue that ball rolling and keep that concept. Well, keep Tim's ideas alive and keep them rolling, and hopefully to better change things in general for everyone yeah once know. once we we part ways we're not the only two chefs in omaha there's going to be yeah. ambitious hands that are ready to go keep keep yeah. that flame alive that's definitely i think uh uh almost a responsibility for an older generation to keep that keep inspiring those kids and like yeah just do it uh-huh. go for it go uh-huh. for it try this like, well, where did you learn from that one? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and it's like, I think it's almost our duty, at least kind of how we see it, you know. Yeah, it's giving, like giving back to them. Give them the same opportunities Omaha. that we wanted for ourselves and are now kind of coming to fruition. So. If I could create an environment that inspired somebody to go on and try and create their own dream, that's, yeah. that's awesome. You know? I mm-hmm. think that's even better than any, you know, concept of money sure, or, sure you know, it's cool to feed Omaha, success is awesome but to create something like that yeah you know create opportunities for other people opportunities and passion and exactly yeah. inspire people that's super cool yeah it's a beautiful sentiment <laughs> it's, right. whole, it's certainly wholesome <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. just remember that the next time service is going crazy <laughs> yeah. and you're singing food puns to try and sorry Tim you know, keep yourself safe <laughs> alright we're uh, we're running low on time here but yeah. there's two more questions I gotta ask you guys that I love to ask pretty much anybody in the industry the first one is what is one thing about working in the restaurant industry or just the industry in general that people who don't work in it don't know but you wish they did. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, this is like my favorite question to ask everyone, and I get such they, varied answers on what it. What they don't know that they should. Hmm. The concept of no breaks. It's not in like a bad way, but like it's very. I mean, I think it's pretty well known that it's physically demanding, but yeah. there's going to be a certain point in time that you're going to have to dig into your into yourself, and you're going to have to push yourself yeah. through some. 
some very uncomfortable situations. And that's, yeah, yeah. I think what a lot of people lo- or don't talk about is some of those harder moments that you really do have to dig deep and that's when it's time to get a little team laugh going with a yeah. with a food pun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life needs to be a little better, please. Yeah, it's like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Yeah. But yeah, especially when you're pushing, and it's like a hotel. I was at Cottonwood for a little bit, and it's like sometimes you're pushing those sixty hour weeks, and it's like, it's like, oh, why am I doing this exactly? <laughs> like, like you're just sitting in the walk-in. I think it was like New Year's Eve. Me and one of my uh, chef friends were just like this one of the servers had left a little bottle of champagne from the from uh one of the big banquets we did and we just like went in there and sat like took five minutes it's like okay <laughs> the week holidays is over <laughs> cheers finally <laughs> it's like yeah so <clears throat> so just understanding the physical demands it's, understanding yeah it can I, yeah i it think it can wear on you it really can i think it's like you said i think people have and I would include myself in this category as someone who hasn't worked in a restaurant. I think people have a general understanding that, yeah, it's hard, but I don't think they really get just how, how physical of a job it is, how much lifting yeah. there is, how many physical and, and mental, scars you know, and everything. Yeah. 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 So on a more positive note, I'll get you guys out of here on this one. What is your favorite thing about working in the restaurant industry? The camaraderie, the family. I mean, there's a, like a bond that you can just see between Colin and I. Oh, yeah. no question. It runs deep. It's it's a well, even connection. Really throughout the whole city. It's like some way or another we all know each other. You know, we run into each other after a busy weekend night and we'll go down to Mr. Toad's. And then, like, it's oh, like, hey, what's up, it's like cheers, you know. <laughs> it's like the whole gang's there. And like, we just all kind of come together. And it's like we all can actually relate on, like, what we're all going through. It's like, it's amazing. Truly. Yeah, not in creative, just a creative outlet. I had a yeah. very uh, good conversation with my brother recently. He's kind of having some second thoughts about his career path. And he said, Andrew, I'm so jealous that you get to be so creative all the time. And I never really had really taken, I guess I'd really just taken that for granted. And I do something where I do get to express myself basically constantly. <laughs> yeah. That's all I do is this is me on a plate. It's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that passion is definitely very evident, I think, from this conversation, from the food that you guys create. Uh, I just, I mean, you know, we just talked about how tough this industry and how tough this job is. Thank yeah. you so much for oh, your hard work. Thank, you. Thank, thank you thing. for having us. This has been fun. Another thing I'd like to shout out is yeah, actually, uh, so we're, uh, Kurt, uh, Mikey's wife, Kirsten, is starting, it's called a restaurant, a service industry. Uh, let me pull it down. I got a sticker here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, basically it's a forum going to be like a monthly forum to where we can all bring together, uh, new concepts and ideas and how we can all benefit each other. I think I, think I saw this on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Omaha service industry circle. Omaha service industry. So basically it's hopefully it will grow and we get a lot of people to come in, but basically it's almost an open forum to where we can bring about good change for this industry. And, uh, you know, where we talk about mental health awareness and, Obviously, you know, there's drug abuse, alcohol, alcoholism is in all sorts of these problems that, you know, almost get sometimes uh, brushed under the table and uh, in our industry. And we hope we can all kind of bring together, come together like, hey, how do you budget out like a tips? Like when you get paid in tips, how do you budget for all your uh, bills and all that? Or like, hey, if I wanted to get a, a 
a counselor or some therapist, something like that? Like, how can I go about affording that? Or like, what's out there for the help that we need? And, and so far and so forth, you know, so forth. And just hopefully to keep benefiting and growing Omaha as a whole. So that's an incredible shout out. So yeah, yeah. if, if you're interested in that, I would encourage you to, to get on Instagram and follow Omaha service industry circle. Um, it looks like there's been one meeting so far, but updates are kind of posted on Instagram about when and where uh, yeah. meetings might be. And that sounds extremely helpful and, and mm-hmm. really awesome. And speaking of Instagram, I want to encourage everyone listening to this again, follow all in time, A L L I N T H Y M E um, to get more updates on, on what these guys are going to be doing. I think you can hear the passion in their voices. You can hear just how connected they are. You know, they're putting out good food. I mean, it's, there's no question. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, what, yes. that's what we do. And, and the last shout out: go to the boiler room. I mean, yeah, if you haven't please, been yeah. to the boiler room, what what are you doing? It's just yeah. a phenomenal restaurant. Doing? Treat yourself. And and as a bonus, you get dinner and a show because there's the open kitchen, so you can look down. You might you see can put a face on us. You you, you might see some people hugging Tim. Yeah. You might see some singing. Was, you could get all kinds of good stuff. It sounds like it's guaranteed. Friday, if you sit if you singing. sit on the table above our, our <laughs> where the restaurant, you're going to hear everything that we're saying for the most part. I, Some I've things we whisper, that, so but yes. it's like we don't let it all out. You'll get, yeah, <laughs> sometimes we'll go to the cave for the rest of it. But. <laughs> Gotta be professional. Man. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to thank you guys so much for giving me yeah, the time thank, today. Thank and you, truly. On the podcast. Yeah, of course. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.